0: Hello and welcome to Dig It. I'm Peter Brown. So on today's show, we've got Mike Jones, our local cider expert, talking us through some of the points about how to make good cider. Hopefully, we'll all learn something about the processes and uh, what's involved. So I first met Mike at one of our Apple Days, and he clearly very much into his apples and into growing different types of apples. In our next podcast, Mike talks us through a lot more about the apples and how to grow them, how to graft them, how to do everything with apples, basically. But in this week's show, we're talking about what he really enjoys growing his apples for, which is cider making. So, Mike, a few years ago, I had the great pleasure of coming and watching you pressing and chopping up apples, turning them into juice, which you're then processing into cider. But I guess the first question would be, what is cider?
1: Well, cider, uh, in the UK anyway, is uh, f- just fermented... Apple juice that uh, nearly all the sugar in it is turned into alcohol. Okay, there's a
0: few different sort of ways of spelling cider, isn't there? And um, a few different ideas as
1: to what cider is, whether it's got alcohol in it or. Not. Well, yeah, that's just a marketing gimmick, isn't it? Really, I I stick to one simple English way of spelling the word and uh, leave the marketing to other people.
0: So, the, the English definition is obviously that cider has got alcohol in it and it's apple juice that's been fermented, whereas our friends over in America cider is apple what we class as apple juice, and then they have hard cider, from my understanding. Yeah,
1: yes, it does confuse a lot of people. It even confuses English environmental health officers who try to apply apple juice standards to cider. Them, when it's see, alcohol when it's al- yeah when it's yeah yeah so it, it there's the dangers of going online isn't it and using <laughs> words without knowing the the background and so. and if, if you're going to make cider how would you go about it well first of all do you want me to give you uh, the full details or uh we'll yeah. we would we'll start yeah. okay well first of all you've got to uh, quite critically choose your apples yep the the mix is critical to the result that you're going to get. Okay. So shall we spend some time on that first or just assume we've got the the um, the mix and then go through the process uh, because there's quite a lot in choosing.
0: Well, why don't you give us... A couple of varieties and sort of a basic, I mean, obviously, like you say, there's hundreds of different varieties of cider Mm. apples and and even more probably of regular apples. But if you were going to set out with the idea of maybe in 10 years' time, I'm going to have some apple trees in my orchard that I can grow some cider from, what sort of mixture of apples would you look to grow?
1: Okay, based on my experience over the last uh, 10, 15 years, then The a mix of what are called cider apples together with what we call orchard apples, ones that are grown for eating and cooking, will give you the most balanced mix, uh, the most balanced cider in the end. That's my simple conclusion. There is, it's a very subjective thing. What a good cider is, in we we run cider courses for 10 years and one of the highlights of our cider courses has been to taste lots of single variety ciders uh, and compare them to the sort of mixes that we end up with often i will give an example of something everybody will have a little sample of one particular uh cider and i will say this one is okay but is maybe a little mono flavor and other people will say but I think that's fantastic. Yep. Uh, so you you you've got to be very humble and careful when you uh, try to tell people that this is a good one and that one is not so good.
0: There's some basics. Uh, I know basics, is it something
1: like a Dabonet or a, a bull's black. I mean, would they make? Well, dam, Dabonet is a very good starting point. If you were, to, if there's one tree that you should start with, it would be Dabonet. Okay. It, it's it's doesn't make a cider, perfect cider on its own, because it just needs a little bit more acid in it. So put a little bit of cooking, maybe 20% of of any sort of sharp cooking apple with it, depending on your tastes, and you will probably get an instant drink. There are lots of ones with more bitterness, astringency, all sorts of things that make... M- multi-flavor. Uh, perhaps what I like most is ones where you you, you take a swig and move it round your mouth and you you pick up different flavors. Now, to me, that's a really good cider. I'm not saying that's one you, the only one you're going to drink. It's one wants to really have different ciders. And yep. uh, you know, we have thirty different ciders in our house at any one time that mm. we can decide each day. I will see what's there and. Make a different bottle according to my mood so yeah you 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 really you've got to f- experiment find what you like I, I i think one thing that's really worth emphasizing is the apples that most people have easy access to they think oh i've i've got a tree here a huge surplus of apples let's turn them into cider maybe if they're hard green it isn't going to turn out too well it's going to be very sharp and in fact most mixers even with good eating apples unless they're really really ripe will the general turnout will be it's a bit on the sharp side that was true for us for the first few years and when you say it's sharp is that going to be like a dry flavor Uh, a bit acid really Uh, okay yeah i wouldn't Dry is not a term I'd use. Dry'd be more associated with a bit of tannin, I think. Okay. So it's it's that where you then what happens is to try and compensate for that, you end up feeling you need a bit of sugar in there. But sugar is uh, well, it's getting back to a bit like apple juice. You think apple juice is naturally about uh, nearly fifteen percent sugar. Really. You you, wow. you you really ought to ease off on it when we do apple days and children are sampling you have, you've got to really hold them back because they start swigging this stuff and you know their parents are going to be very unhappy later <laughs> in the day when they've drunk the equivalent of 10 apples or something so there's a lot of acidity in those eating apples yeah it, it doesn't come over because the sugar is compensating it in the cider you take that sugar out and it it tastes completely different but uh, much sharper. So, the beauty of cider apples, or certainly the the, the sweets and the bittersweets, is that they have very low acidity. Therefore, you can end up with something that isn't going to end up too acid, and you can balance it with a bit more with sharps, with cooking apples to bring it up. It's it's the balance that's the that's the the, the right the. How to
0: get the good flavour in, yeah. in a cider. Excellent. Okay. And you mentioned cider
1: courses. Uh, you've been doing those for a while now, haven't you? Well, yes, we, we started uh, after having initially, 15 years or so ago, bought a small press and a and a mill uh, to make apple juice and then thought, well, there's something better we can make than that. Um, we, from our woodland context, the, we been members of the Small Woods Association for many years, an excellent organization, and runs lots of courses on all sorts of things. And at that time they were running a cider course yep. uh, up in um Ironbridge. Very nice place to go for a So we went off for a, a day's cider course. We were very lucky that we the guy running it called Mike Pooley, who's written a book on the subject, and he his course was very much aimed at community activities it, it was his whole emphasis uh, as a as a community activity getting people together uh, to use cider making apple pressing for that and we were inspired it was a fantastic day and his message at the end was go away and spread the message and so after a year or so we had the confidence to start an apple day in our village which allowed anybody, we allowed anybody who brought their apples along to use our kit to press them, either for drinking or making cider. And after a year or two of even greater confidence, we decided we'd try to run the cider course ourselves. We did this in conjunction with the Milton Keynes Parks Trust. Uh, So they handled all the, provided the site and uh, the advertising and things. They were absolutely overrun with applicants. People were getting annoyed because in January the course was full uh, because it it was too cheap basically. I think that's a problem. Uh, So we had some really good sessions teaching people what we knew and sampling it. We developed the course very much along based on what we'd done but then expanded it into this idea of making single variety ciders so people could see that if they just use that one apple this is what they get and uh, some were nice some were totally undrinkable but there's no quicker way of learning than to to see what the result is so yes cider cider courses uh, unfortunately covid put a stop to that Uh, so didn't do one last year and we're not doing one this year we then moved on to to doing them Uh, in conjunction with the Midshire's Orchard Group, who do, as you know, a a lot of good things in the apple world. Yep. And uh, running those in our village hall. So those were uh, always excellent days, and people went away very happy with their gallon of apple juice to ferment. Excellent.
0: So, yeah, just thinking, uh, we talked briefly about the varieties of apples Mm. that we're going to potentially grow. So... Once you've got your crop of apples that have all fallen on the ground because they're nice and ripe, presumably pick them up and um, how do we then turn them into something that's suitable for putting in the press or the
1: scratter? And yeah. The way we work is we have a load of buckets. Uh, we fill the buckets with uh, varieties that I make a note of. So uh, my lawn ends up with maybe 20 or 30 buckets full of apples uh, in groups and I look down them with my experience and say right we'll have five of those and three of those and two of those of course apples age in different rates some will keep a bit longer so some you've got to use before they go too bad they get a little bit bruised small bruises don't really matter if it's starting to go rotten then did I got to get that bit out Got the mix of apples. I personally f- think it's better to do the mix beforehand rather than you could say make all the individual ciders and mix them. It does work, but it's something in the fermentation that's better. I think if you've got the mix right. Yeah. We wash our apples. Uh, we we use them we do use a um, sodium metabisulfite solution. Right. Uh, after we've done it, we do a double clean. We cut out any Bits that are bad, any rot. Yep. Don't worry too much about grubs and mm-hmm. them. That, that all adds to that the flavour. A little flavor, bit of extra yeah. flavour <laughs> if you've got a, a few of those in there. Fair enough. Uh, then we mill. With mills, there's a whole subject of mills. The very f- you, start, you could start with just a, a bucket and a tree trunk and squash them that's that's the way we, we like to demonstrate to people who just want to make a gallon and then you go through the whole lot of pulp master which is a bucket with a blade you put your electric drill to turn absolutely lethal we'll never use it in a demonstration but uh, sort of works uh, yeah. and it's cheap that's the thing if you want to do a demo gets you don't know whether you want to spend the money 25 pounds or so is it's called a pulp master is that from Vigo they don't it's not that they're made by them, I don't think, um, but they it may it may well supply it. Yeah, okay. yeah I, I'm not sure. It's it's this widely available online. Like a sort of big fat blade on a yeah, it's just just a, just a flat stainless steel blade yeah. on a drill and up and down. Uh, the problem with that one is that it, that you have to you do five seconds of up and down and then got to remix the apples because it hasn't done half of them. So so anyway, you can do it very cheaply. Then you've got the grinders. But once you tried an electric mill, you never go back. Uh, The problem is the price. So that's where people benefit, want to do a few, come along to the Apple Day, they can bring their apples, grind them all, and mill them all, and take them away. So knowing somebody with one is the answer if you don't do enough to justify buying one yourself. So we've milled our apples. We we press. Uh, I still use a Very small press for doing single variety. I make a just a five liter sample demijohn. Lovely little things like the little Ferrari aluminum frame um, stainless containers. Beautiful little press. Great for two presses will do a gallon with that. We've sort of settled on a maximum five gallon a a press um, cloth rack and uh, cheese cloth and cheese what do they call them? I forget the name now <laughs> anyway you have a cloth and you have a a, a board yep. and you stack them up and the, uh, the juice flows out and that and there are more efficient things you you, you get onto the bi- the bigger ones with the water driven water powered to uh, to to squash out if you really want to get volume but our volumes don't require we we sort of now Settled into sixty gallons a year.
0: Yeah, because your your press is quite a bit more advanced than my mother's one, which is just a round yes bucket with a. They're the screw. most
1: common, indeed, and and it's more efficient because those are fine. Uh, what you're doing is squashing the stuff together, and so the bit in the middle the juice can't get out, yep. so you get you get less juice with cheese, from cheese of if you 've got ground lots ground of thin ground. layers and boards in between where the juice can run out, then you get a bit more uh, and then these um, i think they're called hydropressors, uh, which are even more efficient well, they're hydraulic rams aren't they with effectively water driven yeah that, that, that press the thing. Yes. We we haven't needed to go up to that because for our uh, requirement, when we first started, it was more hit and miss. So we perhaps made one hundred and fifty gallons cause and threw away half of it. Because it's not that you throw it away; it's that you always drink the best. Yes, with cider, you know you find that's a nice one, so you work through it uh, the ones that are not so good. Sit there, and then the next year comes round and. You need the bottles, so it has to be thrown away. Really well, and
0: the other option, uh, what I found to do with some of the mixtures I've made, is turn it into apple cider vinegar which is yes. a very easy <laughs> process. You can chuck some cider vinegar mother in there and leave it with the top off and off it goes and turns into vinegar.
1: Yeah, you don't even need to. I mean, it's in the air, isn't it? The one, I, what I do, we don't make an awful lot because we don't use that many gallons of vinegar. No, yeah.
0: it's then what do you do with the vinegar? That's well, yeah, I've well, some people drink probably. it, don't yeah. they?
1: But um, personally, we just put it on chips and things. and That's it. It does taste um, quite nice, though. Yeah. yeah, but it does just, I, I just half fill a a demijohn with cider. Yep. And actually, a little tip there is if you get some of the sweet naturally sweeter cider, it tastes really good with the vinegary taste. Uh, and I just put a bit of gauze over the top and leave it yep. in the shed Stop for three yeah, months, yeah. and that's it, and it, out it comes. Excellent.
0: Sorry, we're digressing yeah, again. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so yeah we, we did, didn't finish juice.
1: where we were going down the pressing, yeah. the, the cider making. Yeah. So we got as far as we've... We pressed it, Yep. and then when you've pressed it, we tended to move away from the recommended routines. Most people say the first thing to do is to sulfite it to kill all the yeasts and then add yeast. Um, we've really didn't see any point in sulfiting it because if you put yeast in it, it's dominant anyway. It, yep. it takes over. If you're if you're a purist, we're not. We're sort of not quite purists in the way that we do use yeast. Purists would really hate the idea of putting yeast in. But we did a lot of trials in the early days where we we did the same apple mix with just letting the natural yeast work and adding yeasts. And the only difference was that the ones with yeast seemed to move at a much faster pace. Yep. Uh, we couldn't detect the difference in flavour, although purists will tell you there is
0: yeah because the apples are naturally the skins generally are coated in sort of like you say natural airborne yeasts that they are say yeah them. or is it
1: in the air who knows where it is um it's around i think so
0: but normally when we're making cider we're putting it in a bucket with a lid on it and a airlock well aren't, aren't we so potentially, yes if there's some in the void in the airspace above the liquid yes uh,
1: yeah, might be really yeah. who knows where, from, but... it, where it comes from. Yes, I mean, this, this issue of air, it, it doesn't, air is not a problem during the vigorous stage. Yeah. Because uh, what happens is you, you get this, when, you, when you've never done it before, you get this frightful froth, this gunge brown stuff. And if you're using cider apples, it's obviously thicker, or comes up really thick and brown, and so beer, spills over. You.
0: Beer brewers might know that as a krausen. Um, that's the the name for that in okay. beer brewing. It's just effectively just the massive explosion of yeast and yes, froth that it that's is right. created. From. Yeah. So
1: while well, it looks frightening. It's actually a good sign. Yeah, it means you've got a live yeah.
0: live fermentation
1: and you don't have to worry. Yeah. About. Well, you have to worry about your kitchen floor. <laughs> yeah. It's very that. unpopular uh, and <laughs> it stains and uh, the, the floor. It. But so that, that that lasts a few days and then. Then it settles. Once it settles down, then you can take your eyes off it. But then it becomes important to keep it under airlock because yeah. you don't you want. Well, while it's vigorous, there's enough carbon dioxide coming off to to push the air out the way. But as it slows down, it gets more and more important. Air, as we've implied with the side of vinegar, the 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 air will turn it into vinegar if you have too much in there. So so yes, it, it, it is important to always keep the the air out. I, I, Talking to people who've had failures, you know, you, you go through trying to find, work out why and you find that they only had enough apple juice to fill half the container. Uh, well, yeah, OK, we know why you got vinegar then. It didn't, didn't occur to them.
0: And with regards to the yeast, does, uh, sort of, you, you talk about adding your own uh, yeast. Mm. Is there any sort of specific ones?
1: Well, I experimented. I bought all, you know, worked through them. and so champagne kind of the yeast? Is a... Yeah, it, champagne yeast seemed to be recommended. Right, I, I actually just buy the young cider yeast. It's, okay. it's re- fairly cheap. Yep. Uh, they say one little sachet does 5 gallons, five, yep. 30, litres, litres. 30 litres. I, I make it do 5 times that. Uh, okay, It seems to work just as well. It gets it going. So, and you're not
0: using a starter for that? You just literally I'm sprinkle not, the yeah. yeast straight onto That's the... That's it.
1: Yeah, I, I put it straight in. Cool. And uh, then, depending on the apples... Some will roar through in maybe two weeks, right. others more slowly, maybe six weeks, and some even get stuck. And for those who like it sweet, then maybe those—that's what you want. Um, if, it, if, it, if it naturally stops and won't, you can sometimes you can add more yeast or, and a bit of um, uh, nutrients. Sometimes they just don't want to go. Well, to me, that's a throwaway job because I don't like my cider sweet. But to somebody who does, that might be a, a, a benefit because even if it's too sweet, you could always dilute some of the dry stuff with it and mix it up and and uh, and, and get it. Although it might restart then. Yep. Uh, you, you, you've got to watch that.
0: Because that's something that maybe people would be interested to know is that obviously in commercial cider making, it's a totally different process to what we're oh, talking about. Oh, it now, is. Isn't
1: it? it is, yeah. yeah. It's. I'd recommend... The tours. I, I've been round the Westerns tour okay. and the Thatcher's tour. Yeah, they're well worth the money, and they're very straight. They do show. They show you an awful lot. I mean, you get very close to the to the lines, uh, and uh, you've got to give it to them. They are using real apples, the same sort of quality apples. It's th- those sorts of what I call proper cider makers are uh, growing their own and using local farmers. They're not importing. Chinese concentrate. Right. But they are making concentrate, and it's, it's really a, the logistics problem they have that, that they, they can't do like us go once a year make cider. They have to make cider continually as the market demands it. Yep. So those apples you see going in the lorries within a day, those are a thick syrup. They've been. Okay. And, and, the, and the big stainless steel cylinders you see are full of. Uh, syrup that's apple syrup juice syrup that's as thick as honey wow so that is just brought out when they need to make cider and mix with water they use a a yeast a special yeast to go to high alcohol levels 15 percent or so 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 they ferment it right out to with added sugar to do that They're, they're
0: so they're boosting the alcohol levels. Boost it,
1: yeah, to, and then they dilute back to what their final requirement is. And I think one of the differences between the cider we make traditionally and, and what may make is that I think ours is always a lot more applier. simply because it's got more apples in it. They've diluted theirs back down uh, to get... It's, it's I suppose it's an easy way of getting the right alcohol level that they have to be... Yeah, yeah, decisive. they're aiming for 8% or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, they've got it. They've got to have it right, and the, and the filtering. They they then very high tech filtering. I know at Westerns they did eleven stages of filtering, wow. on the cider to get it clear because it, it, at that point it's really cloudy, and people generally want unless it's sold as cloudy cider, want clear cider, uh, and then they um, it's flat, so they're going to um, have to add carbon dioxide that goes in milliseconds before the bottle is sealed, little jabbers. You can watch them doing it. It's quite amazing. Uh, they add sugar because most people like their cider. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, and it's pasteurised. So presumably
0: they pasteurise it first to yeah. kill all the yeast and then add the sugar... Oh, i so can't remember that detail <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it it's obviously it important
1: stuff. that it's uh, uh it depends whether it'd be, that'd be tough if if you added the sugar and then and it actually um had a bit of uh yeast on the sugar wouldn't it so i'd I, I, yeah there's I, i've probably missed out 10 stages in there but you can see it's it's totally different from it's what totally the different it's, to not, it. it's not it's not saying it's amazing how it is drinkable at all really Mm,
0: Because there's another product called white cider, isn't there, that's... um, Oh, enlighten me. White cider is, after they've processed all the apples and taken all the juice out of them, you then wash them all with water and reprocess those apples again and get a secondary sort of extraction out of the apples, and then ferment that, and... somewhat thinner, is it? Yeah, it's a fairly interesting products if you like that sort of thing but no uh, it's not whatever I mean. it's even less real than the okay. likes of sort of commercial yeah. ciders are but yeah it's have not come
1: across that are you selling that in your um,
0: <laughs> no no we <laughs> don't sell any white cider. <laughs> but then uh, the other thing is obviously all the apples then get processed into generally apples into animal food don't they and um, are sent off to feed the pigs
1: and um, I, yeah I'm sure nothing's wasted in in, in their case yeah Yes, yes, we well. ours goes on the compost really, and uh, well, and there are a few sheep at the back of our house that benefit a little it. bit as well. They do um, love it.
0: So once we've gone through the primary fer- fermentation, mm-hmm. as in once you've got that big frothy mess and in, in in your container, and then the airlock has calmed down a little bit, and mm-hmm. you're sort of bubbling at what. One bubble every 30
1: seconds to, say, two well, or three minutes? Yeah, yeah, best to have a hydrometer, really, and um, very cheap. You know, yep. Five, I'll get you something. Learn how to use it. It's very simple. And then you know what's happening. If it stops at halfway, you ought to know that. Well, you probably tell by tasting it. but Because um,
0: a hydrometer measures the... Sort of thickness of the liquid doesn't it yeah
1: effectively with and the only thickness is the sugar of any significance so it's really telling the amount of sugar yeah yeah so that, that that's really i would always use a hydrometer once yep. it gets below 1.005 that's down at 10 percent of its typical starting then uh, you're you're more or less if you, if you want it a bit sweet you, you could uh, even though it might be still bubbling and a little bit you, you you could bottle some then right uh below that you fairly safe evening glass that's that's might go slightly lower maybe 003 yep many ciders go straight out to 1.000 of course that doesn't mean there's no sugar because if you've got say five six percent alcohol which has got a lower density than water then there must be a bit of sugar there to Make uh, it, 1. Push it to naught. Yeah. yeah, so maybe about one percent sugar or something like that. That's where ciders should be, right? In, in my opinion, and so we we've moved much more to bottling sooner than later. Okay. If you, you can leave it, well, we missed out one stage, which is racking off. Yeah, once it's stopped. You've got a sediment on the bottom. You don't want to leave it on that sediment for a long time. A few okay. weeks would be all right, but not months. Definitely not. Otherwise, you'll get off flavors. Okay, getting back in. So, it needs siphoning off. Uh, we call it racking off. Yep. Siphon off, and then you short of a little bit, so you top it up with water because you don't want any air, and you leave it under airlock. So it'll stay there happily for a while. It settles perhaps a bit. So if it's cloudy, sometimes they'll. Clear a little bit more. Because you can rack more than once, can't you? You can rack, yeah. And some of the, if you've got a lot of the uh, thicker cider apples, bitter ones, they they often have a lot more. They go on dropping um, sediment for longer. So those ones you often have to maybe rack twice or three times. It depends whether you mind a bit of sediment in your bottles. Yeah. I tend to rack off less often now, maybe once or twice at the most, mostly only once. Okay. If you get it in the bottle sooner, then you're, you're sealing it off. If there's a little bit of activity going on, you're, you're getting a bit of natural carbon dioxide in your bottle. Yep. gives it a spritz.
0: Because the yeast is still working, but very slowly. Yeah. So it'll and and it
1: seems to me that that, I suppose it's making it more acid because it's carbon dioxide dissolving. It's forced into solution. Yep. It 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 seems to slow down any further action. Uh, and I've not had bottles exploding recently since I... I think when I actually bottled some at 008 and 1.008, then that was just a little pushing luck, especially on a warm summer's evening. you get things on higher shelves sort of hitting the ceiling. Uh, not terribly popular in the house, really. Yeah. But but I haven't had that happen, bottling at 003. So unless you're in a really... I did have somebody buy some cider off me once and left it on the back of their car on a summer's day, and not not a good idea. That, that that did cause it to break, but kept in the normal conditions, you're going to be all right. So you get that's that that little bit of carbonation, we call it spritz, yep. lifts the cider, makes it. Um, it's nice to see the little bubbles rising when you when you're drinking it. Yep. Uh, and again, even though. I did I did. used to think, oh, I've got to wait till it clears before I bottle it. But often, in some cases, it, it would take so long, it was losing quality. If you accept that you're going to get a little bit more sediment in your bottle, so you may have to throw away the bottom centimetre if you're not a sediment drinker, yep. uh, then you, you can... Uh, it will clear. So most of my ciders are completely clear after six months. Right. If If you shake the bottle then it'll go cloudy, but it'll settle out again in 10 minutes or something. So so that fixes the cider. Yep. Uh, if you leave it under airlock, it's gradually getting, it's very, very slowly losing the last little bit of sugar. And you end up, if you lift it right through to April, May, it, it becomes ooh, really bluntly dry. Right. So uh, we, we take great care to not do that.
0: Yep. So, are you bottling sort of generally? You, you'll obviously take the crop off this time of year, and then maybe bottle around
1: Christmas. Yeah, I, I start bottling towards the end of the year, maybe a little early with some of the first ones. Yeah. Um,
0: but then, like you say, that if you've got a hydrometer, you can check the alcohol content and the sort of sugar content at that point, and make sure that yes, you're not putting it but in too that it's early. it's going to be safe. And then indeed. that way, you can, you can make sure you're not. Mm. Putting it. Popping bottles. Excellent. Okay. Have you got any tips that you'd give potential
1: cider makers? Well, don't, don't bother with those apples that are dropping early. They're, it's so tempting to think, oh, they're all coming off. I, I better get started. And I, I used to faithfully get them all swept up and start in early September Doing it, and then that was the made cider, but that was the cider that always sat to the end, and never got drunk because there was always something better, and so, yeah, ignore those somehow. Leave those ones for the birds. Okay, Uh, it's very much late. Later, the better. You've got to be. I nearly got caught out one year when the season was was very early, (laughs) and uh, so you have to sort of. You can't go on fixed dates necessarily. Okay, it's. for many years, it was I, I. didn't start collecting apples till the middle of October. Uh, right. But then there was a year when they were all down by then, so uh, I nearly missed out. So you, yeah, you've got to yeah, really judge on with, you. With, with with a cider apple tree. Then when half have fallen, you shake the rest off; they yeah. should come off. So then you know they're they're ripe, and then you you better not ignore those, or you won't get any.
0: So you talk about shaking them off, and I've seen um, videos of tractors with you know, special apparatus yes. um, uh, yeah, that literally shake the tree, a bit like you'd would with an olive tree to get the mm. olives out. Yeah. Presumably, uh, with your trees, is it just a case of getting the hard hat on and going up and sort of shaking the branches, or?
1: Well, mine are mostly a size where I can do it from the ground. Okay, uh, but yes, it will become more of a problem. Maybe I'll have to invest in one of these bits of kit.
0: They do look quite fun. It always amuses me, it astounds me more, that it doesn't damage the tree when you see them being sort of juddered around so violently. Perhaps it helps
1: make it fruit next year. (laughs)
0: Well, yeah, and if it breaks the roots up a little bit, I guess it makes them grow new roots and find new sources of nutrients and keeps them going better. It does does look a bit severe, doesn't it? Definitely. Excellent. And... So, Mike, very roughly, how many, you, you talked about sort of three buckets of this, two buckets of that. How, how many...
1: It's a bucket. Uh, yeah, how many kilos of apples uh, In would In a bucket, you, I would think about six, seven kilograms depends, uh, depends how big the bucket is, of course. So uh,
0: okay, so if we've got, say, ten kilos of um, apples, how, how much cider do you think you're going to get out of that?
1: Ten kilos will give you uh, a gallon or five litres, I suppose, uh, yeah.
0: Okay, and that's sort of one is that one demijohn
1: or yep, that's near enough a demijohn in in old terms in old <laughs> terms yeah yeah uh, yeah, near enough excellent.
0: cider apples, how do they vary? We talked about different blends of apples i mean what... right
1: well we we have a division of four is conventionally used where you have apples that have tannin in that's sort of bitterness can be. Astringent that makes you your cheeks come out is astringency. You go like that, Um, as opposed to uh, hard, which is more on the front of your mouth, more of a I call a blunt sort of taste. Right, sounds highly undesirable, uh, but uh, does add something in the right amounts inside. So bitterness caused by tannins is a a characteristic of some cider apples, those that are called either bitter sharps or bitter sweets, those apples are only grown for cider because nobody wants to eat bitter apples. But also apples, cooking and eating apples, are also used in uh, cider making and the best cider is normally a mix of all these. Traditionally, or historically, the eastern counties of England made their ciders from Un- from um, reject uh, eating and cooking apples, ones that were blemished. Blemished right. is the word I'm after. Yep. They, so they, they didn't have much, any bitterness in them. Uh, okay. So think of aspal's cider. Although if you look at aspals now, they do seem to have planted quite a lot of uh, true cider apple bitter ones as well. So maybe it's got a bit more complex from originally. West Country is known for its bitter uh, ciders, yep. uh, a bit of, bitterness in the ciders, quite a different product. Everybody who starts making cider generally hasn't got access to bitter apples. So they end up making ciders which, more like the east of England's, east, eastern counties, often they are a bit on the sharp side. Right. If you, I did actually taste, uh, early in the year, someone up in Warwickshire was making what was actually a very nice cider out of just three eating apples, Spartan, Egremont russet and Cox, and okay. I was quite surprised. It was uh, it was very drinkable. Uh, and was that a sweet cider
0: or a dry no, or no, a
1: no? Because well, in fact, I was sampled two. One where they added sugar, which I had to instantly reject on my taste buds. I couldn't judge it because if it's got ad- added sugar, it's like it's like putting saccharin in. Yeah. Even if it's sugar, I, I can't take it. It's, it ruins the whole product for me. So I, I said sorry, I can't comment on that. It's sweet. But this one was uh measured pretty low, uh uh and it yet it was a good balance. So I was I was impressed. And I think the key there is that they they must have been using very ripe apples. Right. I have found with what I've had a glut of of some of the the really full flavoured ones like coxie type apples. Well yep. I tend to use things like Holstein and Chivers Delight and Winter Gem, things like that. Really good flavours. That those can make a almost it needs a bit of something, but you know, you think mm, it's almost there as a standalone side. Okay,
0: what would you go and get for your five varieties of uh, what, apples? Right.
1: Okay. So if you're buying, yeah, uh, Dabinett definitely. Uh Things like Chisel Jersey, Tremlett Bitter. These are bittersweets. Camelot is one that gives me no end of apples. I mean, one characteristic you want is a lot of apples reliably. It, it's it's all very well things like Kingston Black, which can make a very nice cider, but in many years it's a bit shy. Yep. So um, you you, I've got quite a lot of sight of Kingston Black trees, but I never end up making more than a couple of gallons. While other trees would give me, uh, well, for example, this Camelot tree, I think I got about the equivalent of sixty liters off it. Uh, you know, it's just just a so one hundred
0: of kilos
1: of apples. Yeah, a lot, a lot. So, you know, it, it, there, there's various things you've got to consider when you're putting trees in. Yeah. If you like, Tom Putts a very useful apple. It's a little bit on the sharp side, maybe, uh, but some people a very clean-tasting cider. And it's a tree which does fruit quite heavily most years, so that's a good one if, yep. if you want a... Uh, don't mind a, a slightly sharper one.
0: So the varieties we've gone through so far are... What I know as classical, sort of heritage varieties. Heritage, that's the word, yes. Heritage. heritage. There's the, a place, I don't think it's going anymore, the the Long
1: Ashton Research Centre. Long Ashton Research, yeah, that was criminal, the government closing that. It had done so much good work. Perhaps they'd done too much good work. And uh, I think that closed about 2000.
0: Okay, and they were devoted to, to
1: cider. Was it just cider? Developing, uh, they... they, they Developed cider making techniques. Uh, they trialed many many apples to find which ones were uh, suitable for cider making. Given all the requirements, especially commercial people have that they they need to extend the season. They want reliable cropping, good flavour, all the, all those sorts of characteristics. Uh, so so they were developing out uh, I don't know how much. Probably they were doing the breeding. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure the details or. But certainly they were trialling many many apples and then uh, recommending them f- for use. One of the things was that an extension of the season. To, if they could get cider apples a month earlier, then the presses could be used earlier and the, the peak load would be uh, reduced. So some of the apples, in fact, some of the apples which we've were at in Milton Keynes, where there's. Uh, a Hidden side of apple orchard uh, would be from that generation. The ones they developed things like Ashton Bitter, uh, Bull's Bittersweet, Ellis Bitter. I think they came out of out of that work. Yep. Very, very. Uh, what should we say? Thick. How how can we describe? They give a, a sherry-like mix. a really? Uh, come on, offer me a word. Strong or <laughs> strong uh, or <laughs> well, almost sickly. Um, okay, you know, almost like think of a heavy sherry or something yeah, like yeah. that but in 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 juice terms apples that uh, on their own would um trying to think which one well Yarlington mill Yep. Yeah. mill I, I don't think that's one they bred but it, it's got the same characteristics a very 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 strong heavy flavor yeah. i find it too much it's it it, it it's well, sickly so a as a single
0: variety, I suppose it would be. But then, I guess if you're mixing it with yeah, it's 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 for
1: mixing, so you can bring it down with the if you if you've got a, an excess of sharps and you know too many cooking apples, or um, then then you can use that to counter the it, they counter the acidity of the other apples, and yep. the acidic acid apples bring that to something of a more balanced yeah. So that the, the uh, to Mill and um, Harry Masters Jersey. That's a very interesting one. I use that. I think that deceives the taste buds. Okay. If everybody, not everybody's on board, but I'm a, a, I'm an anti-sugar man in drinks anyway. Yeah. Best way to ruin a drink is to put sugar in it or not take it out. And we all know how unhealthy sugar is, you know, yep. diabetes and it's terrible stuff. So if you like sugar in things it's it's time to sort of try and get it out once you get it out retrain your taste buds then you can taste the real apple the real apple quality now to help you in doing that if you're making cider don't make it too sharp because if you make it too sharp you'll inevitably want to put sugar in to counter that but also things like harry master jersey has a sort of flavor that tends to make you think it's got a bit of sweetness in it it's an effect of the flavour without it actually adding sweetness. Okay. So too much of it, it's sickly, but 10% maybe um, can help. So it's, that's an interesting one. Going back to commercial apples, Long Ashton also in the 1980s developed a whole range of, of apples that they gave girls' names to. Okay. I think many staff were immortalised by having an Brilliant. apple. Brilliant. Uh, named after them. Um I think there's an excellent book written by Liz Coppas. If you if you want to know about Cider Apples, one called Cider Apples a New Pomona. She worked there, and I think Lizzie must have been named after her. Okay. There's Amanda, there's Julie, Tina, all sorts, um, a dozen or more.
0: I wonder if Eddie Stobart likes uh, drinking cider, because he names all his
1: lorries after the ladies. Does he? Well. <laughs> That's where he got the idea from. Yes, I don't know whether I haven't... I, I, I did acquire... When we set up this new orchard seven, eight years ago, I I did acquire about a dozen of these yep. new apples. They haven't performed that well, actually, uh, for me. Maybe it's my sight. Yep. Although some of the grafts i taken because uh, the first thing I do when I get an apple uh, I've bought is to copy it because okay, um, I've spent real money and I don't want to spend it again if yep. it dies and uh, maybe I need to so need two of everything at least yep. so actually some of the girls are looking better on my grafts after three or four years I'm getting some quite nice apples so I haven't been able to assess them yet to right. to put my stamp of approval on whether I'm going to include them significantly in my mixes. That's one of the things for the future, one of the exciting things.
0: So we're talking there about very sweet apples and sort of sickly apples and thick apples or the different varieties of apples that you can get that make the different juices. Are there any apples that you wouldn't put in a cider?
1: Yes. Well, obviously, really, really sharp ones, you'd only put a little bit in at the most. Uh, you certainly wouldn't uh, put more than 10% in if you if that on, say, I mean, Bramley's, unless they're really, really ripe, only a little bit of Bramley. So cooking apples, probably not? Cooking apples, not too much. But I mean, some cooking apples can actually make quite a, a nice light cider. It's deceptive. It's not really. It, it's called a sharp and acid apple, but it, they get different strengths. So yep. the, don't rule them all out. Try them. But, okay. but something that's really strong, you, you want to limit the amount. Some things just have a very unpleasant flavour. I've worked through a lot, and when it comes to mind, Norfolk beefing, which is really a—I'm not sure quite what you do with it, other than squash it in a oven and serve it as a beefing, yeah, as a biffin. <laughs> um, I did try that because I had a lot, and uh, never again. Well, I, I don't didn't put it into ruin a mix, but I could tell from the the flavour it got poured straight down the drain. There were lots of other apples that, would say, I don't contribute very much fillers i call them if you're a bit short then if you've got some good flavor from other ones that help you out a bit on, on uh, the juice one well early apples generally don't make good cider so don't think you'd make, have a lot of success with that that all those beauty of baths that fall on the ground yep. in august you could try it but I, I wouldn't be too hopeful for anything enjoyable august a lot a lot of things like Morgan sweets that are sold doesn't make a terribly exciting cider. It, it's perhaps perhaps you could use those for juice with a bit of acid stuff. Keep keep those for apple juice. I think when you need some in, in August. Yeah, so it really comes back mainly to mixers of flavour. What you want is good flavour. So apples that you really enjoy eating when they're fully ripe are probably going to be good for the cider. Okay, brilliant.
0: So I think what we've learnt, Mike, is that a good balance of apples is going to make a nice cider. What about alcohol levels? I mean, my understanding is cider's generally sort of anywhere between 6% and 10%.
1: Yeah, 10% is a bit on the high side. I think legally it's got to be less than 8.4 or something, somewhere around there. Right. Uh, otherwise it would be classed as a um, a wine. Yeah, It would be a different duty level. Not that that Affects the home cider maker too much, but because yeah, if you're
0: making cider for your own consumption, you don't need to register with anyone, or you can pretty much you no. If you're, if
1: you're not going to sell and you just make a little bit, I wouldn't worry about it. If you're yep. going to thinking of selling, you you do need to register. Yep, uh, you can find that on a government webpage.
0: That's with customs and excise, oh, with customs and excise. Yes,
1: they uh, you register. As a small cider maker. Yeah. Uh, it's a remarkably unbureaucratic process. Uh, okay. You just fill in the form and send it back, and uh, you're a small cider maker. Okay. Uh, a little bit later, you'll get a phone call from a customer excise officer who might want to come round just to have a little chat to make sure you, you, know, you do understand um, the limits and things. Uh, so you're allowed to make... I believe 7,000 litres a year, that's total, Not that's not 7,000 to sell, that's 7,000 total. Yep. So if you drink 6,000 litres a year, you can only sell 1,000 without paying duty. Otherwise, duty, I think, last time I looked, was 32 pence a litre. Yeah. And if you go over your 7,000 litres, you've got to pay it on the whole lot. So if you want to jump from a small cider maker to a bigger one, you've got to, bit of a, a, a hump. It's to a get big over. step. Big step, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to know that you're going to sell enough to pay all that duty.
0: Yeah. And you also need to register with the uh, food hygiene. Now. Yes, if you're going to
1: sell, you you, you do need to um, contact your local EHOs and they'll uh, uh, want to, to produce a, um, a, HACCP, a process, a procedure. They'll want you to explain all in detail what you do and um, uh, highlight all the Potential hazards and how you're what steps you're taking to avoid those hazards. Advise you if your efforts are not good enough. That's it.
0: And you know, just thinking about the alcohol content, so it can if you the stronger ciders do definitely taste slightly different, don't they? If you want to get a really full-flavoured, c-
1: yep, you'll you'll get generally if you're using the higher sugar uh, cider apples. You could get 8%, maybe even a little higher with some. Some might claim 9%. Yep. To me, I I did actually initially plant some of those trees because I thought... What varieties are you thinking of planting? Well, things like Golden Harvey is one that I identified as um, giving high alcohol. Okay. Um, Was it nice? What's it like? Was it a good cider? I've never made... I've never actually got enough apples off it to make a gallon yet. I've had it about 10 years and uh, the original tree's sulked and I've sort of taken signs and put them in the field and I've got a few apples on it. So that's one of the things to find out. Okay. But we have had quite high alcohol ones from others and I've moved away now from the desire to have high alcohol I can already make ones that I can taste the alcohol. The alcohol is becoming dominant right, and i to me that 's not what I want. other people i'm sure alcohol is everything and yeah, yeah. then they're the ones that should seek out seek out these particular trees Yeah. and make their their strong stuff. but alcohol is quite a strong flavor, and to me it unbalances it, yep, and so i've lost interest really. Uh, if this tree ever gives me ten kilos, I shall make one just for <laughs> just for interest. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I doubt and
0: that. mean you, that's I it you might have to it, use a champagne yeast or something yeah. like that to you know, give it an extra boost to get it. Yeah, it may be
1: that it's difficult to get it to ferment out with a cider yeast. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Okay, but uh,
0: so from your point of view, you think a, a decent cider should be what about six? Yeah, six percent.
1: 6%, that's that's. That's a good level that, to That's to. right. Yeah, if you want a long drink, you want less cider, less alcohol in the cider, don't you, really? Yep, definitely. So you can drink more. <laughs> okay, thank you very much.
0: So you, again, talking, uh, thinking a little bit more about s- cider making, if you've not done it before, um, is there anywhere you could sort of send our listeners to go and research a little bit more?
1: Well, of course, there's a lot on the web these days. Um, I'd recommend a couple of books. Okay. Uh, one is um, the guy who ran the course that we went on. It was called Mike Pooley. He wrote a book with John Lomax called Real Cider Making. That's very much a, a community-biased book, on right. how, how to use it as part of building a community. Yeah. It has some good technical stuff in as well. But for the real technical stuff, uh, not over the top, but where you want real detail, Andrew Lee wrote craft cider making. Now you'll find a lot of his stuff has been published online okay. uh, but comes together nicely in his book and he was in fact worked at um, Long Ashton research that we talked about earlier yep. uh, for many years until it uh, disappeared and uh, I, I, I think it, he then be, his mission came to make sure that information wasn't lost and which is why he's put a lot of it online. Mm-hmm. So uh, those are good sources. Brilliant. Um, if you want to actually go to somewhere to learn to cider make. There are courses all over the place now. Um, uh, There's a Milton Keynes cider maker you'd find for around here. The um, local fruit group, um, the orchard group, the Midshires orchard group. uh, For several years, we've run a a cider course for them. Unfortunately, that's stopped while COVID's been on. We, We hope we might restart. Okay. Um, so we can Google M-S-O-G. Yeah, Google M-S-O-G for Midshire's Orchard, Orchard group.
0: group. And that's Milton Keynes based, uh, isn't it? And, and they
1: there are lots of other benefits from, from them. They, they in fact will be, uh, they get involved with the Buckingham Garden Centre with their Apple Day yep. and uh, uh, have over the last few years uh, helped organise several Apple Days in the area. They um, run a cyan day um, where you can swap sticks of apple varieties and uh, go and grow your own. Um, That's a whole subject in itself. They have a home orchard in Milton Keynes, which has actually got uh, seven different varieties of true cider apples. Ah. Uh, They run work parties there. Um, People who go along and, and... do a little bit of work, uh, become eligible to help themselves to the cider apples. Okay. So if you're thinking maybe of making cider, you've got quite a few of your own cookers and eaters but feel you, from what you've heard today, you might think you'd like to throw a few cider apples in to balance it up, then that's a Excellent source of uh, of of these perhaps less available apples,
0: and that's over in Milton Keynes. That's over in in the original Milton Keynes. Am I allowed to call it the old part?
1: Yeah, Um, and uh, other benefits. If you want to know how to prune in the winter, they'll you go along and they'll uh, teach you how to prune, and you can be let loose on a tree yourself. And uh, both they have some newer ones and older ones, so you can try different uh, styles of pruning. So, yeah, can't recommend too much Midshire's Orchard Group. There are other groups as well. Uh, I Is there a national the,
0: source of um, information that we can look for on
1: Google? Uh, yeah, uh, well, certainly organisations like the East of England's Apple and Orchards uh, okay. project. They're very good. Very, They do good trainings on pruning. To find, to find out uh, where there are... Uh, anything to do with Apple events and, and orchards and cider courses in particular, yep. uh, do go look at the the Orchard Network site. Okay. Uh, they um, uh, always have a, a, a pretty thorough listing throughout the country. Yeah, that would be
0: good across the... Yeah, because then people who aren't local to us will.
1: To the west of us, the um, Gloucester Orchard Trust, uh, I had a lot of benefit from them. Uh, They've very, been very active, good training courses, lots of... Look at their web page... Yep. And you find lots of references to different things, good, good hunting area there. Brilliant. Uh, RHS, if you're an RHS member, then yep. you can, for very little money, join the fruit group, good, do some good visits. Okay. Uh, uh, they, ha- they have a local, well, a, a Midlands group, which goes and visits places. And uh, so, yeah, there's, there's lots of, um, once you get into it, there's lots of places and organisations that can help you.
0: Brilliant. Okay, Mike. Well, I think that probably just about wraps it up for cider-making today. Thank you very much for all of your tips and ideas on how we can improve our cider-making, and thank you. Thank you. So I've been brewing various different beers and ciders over the years and I must say I've never had that much success with cider. It's always sort well it's just about drinkable but Mike has clearly done a lot more work on experimenting what the flavours are that make a decent cider and as you have hopefully learned a few of his tips it, it really is something that It's not just as simple as taking some apple juice, putting a bit of yeast into it and wait a couple of months and hey, presto, you've got wonderful tasting cider. It really is a bit of an art and there's obviously different types of ciders from dry ciders, sweet ciders and learning how to make all those different types. is, I'm sure for some people a lifetime's work. So I hope what we've learned today has helped inspire you to possibly having a go at making some cider or Possibly having another go at making cider if you've done it before and it didn't turn out quite right, (laughs) it's certainly good fun, and I think that's part of the joy of cider making. Is you can make it a social affair and get together with your neighbours who've also got some apples and crush them all up and turn them into juice, and then see what you can make. So in next week's show, we've got Mike back again to talk us through growing the fruit and growing apples and how to get the best out of your apple trees and what he does to. Create orchards. I mean, he's put a lot of energy into his different projects, and has created I think it's eleven acres of community orchard now for his local community, and it's a real good, nice area to go and walk around. I know certainly Woofton Apple Orchard that he took me to once. I, I was really blown away. I mean, it's I think it's been it was planted before Milton Keynes sort of was really in became Milton Keynes, and <laughs> it's. It, it's just a, a nice big orchard. It's a very peaceful place to to go and explore, and I, same as anything anywhere with lots of different varieties of um, fruit. It's really interesting to be able to walk around and pick up the odd apple off the off the ground and taste it and think, oh, "Wow, that's sour." Oh, wow, that's lovely. I know. I've certainly enjoyed doing that. And if you're interested in finding out sort of where you can go locally. Have a look on orchardproject.org or ptes.org. If you Google those, um, you'll find some more information about orchards in your area. So I hope you've enjoyed this week's show and look forward to having you along again soon. Today's show was brought to you by Buckingham Garden Centre and Nurseries. The show was hosted by Peter Brown. The show was produced by Peter Brown. And our thanks to Chilton Music Therapy for providing the music. Thanks for listening. At Chiltern Music Therapy, we want everyone to know the difference that music can make in their lives, from parents and their premature babies in hospital to grandparents with dementia. We provide music therapy and community music services to people of all ages and needs across England. We work both digitally and in person in people's homes, care homes, schools, hospitals and hospices. Find out more at Chiltern
1: Music Therapy dot co dot uk